everyone, and welcome to another episode of Opposites React. It is episode 67 on May 5th, 2021. I am Sarah, and I'm with here with Tyler. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> just realized you're sitting on a short chair. I have to move. I know. I got to sit up a bit here. Hang on. <laughs> lean forward. All right. Um, how's it going? Pretty good. You? you uh, good. I'm sure you've been up to MLB, so why don't you just let us have it? Oh, I'm very happy. I like literally two minutes before I came on here, I just got something amazing accomplished. So today was um, what's today? May fifth, right? Today is when MLB the show released the first monthly program. So every month, usually obviously at the beginning of each month, they'll release a, a certain number of cards from players who performed great in the previous month. So obviously. The cards this month are for players who perform well in April since we're only a month into the season. Um, so there's a lot of speculation because they don't reveal these things ahead of time. There's a lot of speculation about which cards would be in the in the collection. Usually what they do is there's like eight, they choose eight players. Um, they usually try to have a decent mix of pitchers and hitters that had great months in April. And um, and they'll give, they'll give most of them like diamond cards, diamond rating, and then they'll give one player what they call like a lightning card, which is like obviously like they're like the best player of the month, so they get the best stats, right? Like lightning McQueen, right? <laughs> so Jays fans obviously were, were hoping that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. would get a, a player of the month card. I didn't think maybe he'd be like the top card, like the lightning one, because a lot of players had great months. Mm. But uh, so Vladdy did get one. It's a pretty good card. It juiced up his power and, and his 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 stats against righty hitters, especially reduced, which is good. Um, now, players in the game who already have high diamond cards don't get, like, another high diamond that would kind of defeat the purpose and would mm. also dilute the market for the... Or else every month would be Mike Trout. Right. So, obviously, like, there's no Trout, there's no Acuna Jr., there's no DeGrom in yeah. this collection. They did give a diamond Otani. Yay! Uh, which is, he's got great hitting stats. Now, people are kind of annoyed that they didn't make him, like, a two-way player car. Like, he can't pitch. Is that a thing in your th- the game? Yeah, like, in the, like in the car. Normal like Otani can be both? Yeah. Oh. Well, he was a better hitter. He only had two outings. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I get, pitcher. I get why if they're doing a player in the tonic car, I get why they would focus on his hitting stats yeah. as opposed to his pitching. So his that pitching makes was sense. great, but it, there's too small of a sample size. So the Lightning player for this month was Byron Buxton from the Twins. Mm. He had a great month. Um, his car is insane. He's got like 99 speed, like 99 defense. Oh geez, uh, 90s power. Like he's just the ultimate card right now. He's he's probably rivals Trout for like best card in the game right now. Okay. Um, like I said, the Vladdy card is great. It instantly makes Vladdy like top five first baseman in the game right now. Yeah. Um, they gave you Justin Turner card. Yeah. And a little juice just and it's funny because his gold card is already plays pretty good with the inside edge upgrade. But uh yeah, his diamond card is good. Um but the one that people are also also are really happy about is the for pitching, they have a Corbin Burns. That's the guy from the Brewers who has like something like forty strikeouts and no walks or something like that. Oh right, I remember hearing about and that. He, yeah. He had an ERA under under one until his last start. Now it's like one point five. Oh no. <laughs> so he's still doing pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, his just because his pitch repertoire is insane. He's got like sinker cutter. He pitches fast. Like it's just it's a good card. It's, it's a card that's gonna haunt people online for the next mm. few months. It, this is like the equivalent of and it'll be the show twenty. Everybody got sick of seeing that Corey Kluber card last right, year. Right, I remember. Everybody had the Kluber card. This year is gonna be this Corbin Burns, at least okay. for the next month or two. <laughs> Um, but anyways, so like I said, this program came out 3 p.m. Eastern today. So I was obviously like, you know. Jumping out the bit to get on there. Exactly. As soon as I got off work 4.30, I was like, okay. Except at 4 o'clock, our internet went down. So. I was like, no. <laughs> but luckily, the internet was fine. So I, honestly, I'm amazed. I, I remember, thankfully, they have the same structure for these programs, the exact same structure as they did now be the show 20, which means you don't have to spend any money to get these cards. Everything can be done just by playing offline grind. Yes. There's not even any online stats in this one. It's amazing. So. Oh. Um, I would say like in years past, it would probably be five or six hours to finish this specific yeah. program. And today, I think I finished it in like two, two and a half hours. You've like, done it already? I've already done it. Yeah. 
So I was just talking to you about it. It's going to take me three more hours. Goodness gracious. Well, I was accounting for like server downtime and That's, like just, okay, I, I got lucky sure. with some of the stats. Like some of the pitching moments, you have to get like 10 strikeouts. And of course, if the servers go down, you have to start all over. So. I didn't think of asking this question before, but um, mm. I know you can upgrade every card, right? Yeah. Is that is that like a per person thing or is that a per card thing? Per card. Okay. So like mm. you can be the first to get to level two on these, on like an Otani, even if you have the original Otani. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Every card is different. Okay. So. Yeah, so I'm sure um, by like late tonight, some Twitch streamer will have like, look at me, I got uh, Byron Bucks up to like level four already. No, they'll all be crying because <laughs> the servers are probably on fire right now and they can't play. The one, the one thing I will say though is that they put out a patch, was it Monday? Monday morning, I think they put out a patch and obviously there's still been server issues the last couple of nights, but I will say that when the server boots me off, I can usually get back on right away. So it's an annoyance, but it's not like in the past where the server would boot you and you'd be off for like an hour. Like there's no oh, point even trying. Okay. Now it's like you get back in right away. So obviously, now I'm still skeptical about trying to play online games, like especially a nine inning game with the servers the way they are right now. I don't mind playing the little three inning games because if I lose some progress, mm, it's not a big deal. Right. But um, it's nice that at least even if I get boot off at the end of a game, it seems like my stats are still counting. Oh, so good. I'm hoping they're fixing that. Like I honestly, I don't mind if I get boot at the end of a game. Like I said, 30 seconds go back into the menus, but as long as the stats count, yeah, that's what people want. So yeah, I'm hoping there's brighter side. And, and again, like, like I really want to get this content on today for two reasons. Number one, because of the servers. Number two, because as of on Friday, they're launching the new program. Right. There's going to be a whole ton of new content on Friday as well. So, so which means mm. you have one night and one day to play the new Apex season. Well, like I said, I did play some <laughs> Apex last night when the servers were not in MLB, so... <laughs> I told you I played that. I tried the new arenas mode. Yes. Uh, which is pretty cool. Three on three. And it's like at the beginning of each match, you literally have to purchase a loadout. So they give you a certain number oh. of crafting points. So you can buy a gun or like everybody starts with armor. You always okay. get white armor and a helmet and stuff. But you have to buy, obviously you have to buy a gun. And the gun, you don't have to buy, have to buy ammo. It comes fully loaded with like 200 oh. ammo or whatever. But you can buy like heels, like syringes, shields. So it's like it's somewhat tactical. Yeah. And then the cool thing is like, so it's three rounds. So obviously if you lose all three, your, your match is done. You can lose two. Hmm? If you lose two, you'd be done. No, sorry. I meant like you need to win three. So oh, essentially it's okay. uh, like best, best of five. Yeah, best of five. Um, but so after every round, it kicks you back to the loadout menu, and every round you get some more materials to. So like in the first round, you can only only really afford like a gun and maybe a heal, and that's it. Oh. In the second round, you can choose. You can buy two guns. You can buy one gun and upgrade the lo- upgrade the um ma- the magazine like more bolts. Okay. Do or, points carry over per round, or do they like all spent mm, if you didn't use them all? No, I think if you don't spend them all, they don't carry over. Okay. Yeah, I think I haven't tried it because to be honest, I've depleted my points in every round I've oh. used because there's always you always just want to buy grenades and like, mm. other things. You could even buy like your like your regular abilities will work, but you you have to purchase your ultimate skills. Oh, so like if I was playing as Octane, I have to buy his launch pad thing, for, like okay. three hundred points or whatever. So it's it's interesting. Huh. It's an interesting system. Now they don't give you a lot of time though. They only give you like twenty seconds in this oh, menu, so you got to kind of like know going in what you want to do. Hmm. Um, but it's it's a nice twist. And you got, again, it's, it's optional. You can still play the regular trios yep. and duos and ranks and all that stuff. But it's nice to have this little three v three team deathmatch sort of diversion for people that want to play that. It has a new char char. I'm trying to yet. But okay. she looks cool. She has a jetpack, which is a pain <laughs> in the butt because I, I swear, every, well, of course, every character was using every sorry, every person playing was using her yesterday because she's a new character and that's yeah. just how it goes. But every time I'd be shooting at this at this girl, her name is Valkyrie. Every okay. time I'd be oh, shooting at her, I like, like I'd light her up in the back, like break her shields, and I was like, Phew, she just takes off like Iron Man. I'm like, well, this sucks. I'm like, how am I supposed to get her now? Um, so yeah, I'm sure I'll get used to it, but it was interesting. Um, 
Anyways, I've talked for almost 10 minutes now. Why don't you talk about <laughs> You've been playing something new, something exciting. Uh, I've done two things, actually. So oh, going okay. from like zero to 100, <laughs> um, I started and completed Bowser's Fury, which was, um, it came as a combo pack with a Super Mario 3D World, um, which was a game for the Wii U. But to make it enticing for Switch owners, they added an extra mode called Bowser's Fury, which is really different. It's an open world Mario game. So there's like little islands everywhere that you can unlock as you collect. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention this is a very cat themed <laughs> game. So it's a little short adventure, but everything is cats. Like the enemies have cat ears, like Goomba with cat ears, Piranha Plant with cat ears. The trees have cat ears. You collect cat shines. You turn into a cat to fight the bosses. It is it is very cat themed. Um, but it was really fun. Like it, I, I hope they use this 3D Mario open world structure in the future. I just felt it was it was nice to just go somewhere. And if I couldn't earn a shine, uh, cat shine, I can go somewhere else and find one that I could earn that <laughs> I'm better suited to do like a puzzle rather than like timing based stuff. So that was really fun. I um yeah, it only took like three hours to beat or something. Um, but then for Mother's Day, early Mother's Day present, yay um tyler and lucas i guess (laughs) got me uh the new pokemon snap game so we have been taking pictures of lots of pokemon uh and i got lucas into it too but uh if you don't know what pokemon snap is it's kind of in the name you're literally going through levels taking pictures of pokemon to see who can take the best pictures it's like instagram but for pokemon um so yeah i haven't gotten very far yet i've unlocked only the second area so i have like a forest and a jungle um, and I have seen a very small amount of the original 150 Pokemon that I know. So I'm hoping they pop up more. So I'm hoping they're just giving me like the ones I don't know first to be like, you have to earn the ones you know. <laughs> so I'm working my way towards that, but it's been great so far. A good progression structure. You unlock like the day cycle, the night cycle, and like a special one where you get legendary shiny Pokemon. So, um, yeah, I've, it's been great so far. I'm sure I'll update it next week because I haven't gotten very far yet. But that is what I've been up to. Now, would you like the email? Oh, yes. I was going to ask if we had an email. Yes. Uh, so last week, our topic was food in movies. I, after I finished the email, I wanted to make one more note since you reminded me of the food. I, I had a big omission I forgot last week. That's an important one okay. for food. But anyways, we'll do the email first. Here you go. Okay. Um, this looks like it's from Catherine. So she says, hi, smiley face. <laughs> Thank you for the moment, God. Well, it's on the email. I got to point it out. <laughs> what a fun podcast topic. When I think of food and movies, two things come to mind. Wow, she was even nice enough to include YouTube links I in here know. for us. So the first one is from Matilda. Mm-hmm. I think it was in the 90s, something that came out? Like early I 90s, think so. Early mid-90s? Okay. I've only seen it a couple times, like a long time oh, ago. I don't remember I it too much. Movie. but So anyways, Matilda, there's a, a cake-eating scene with a character named Bruce. Do you not remember this scene? I, I really don't. Um, <gasps> you have to watch That's why I'm going to watch it now with the link. Yeah, okay. yeah. So she says, actually, whenever I see chocolate cake, I think of this. Haha, <laughs> it's just so over the top. Yep. Literally four straight minutes of unwanted cake eating to prove a point in the end. Yeah. Uh, and her second one, which I, I remember this one for sure, is uh, the dinner scene from the movie Hook. You know, the Steven Spielberg with, with Robin Williams oh, and yeah, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. yeah. So she says, I remember being so incredibly confused watching this. In this scene, the Lost Boys are cook- cooking up a storm. As they're setting the table, you see the steam coming from the pots, so naturally you expect food to be in there. But no, when they uncover all the pots, everything was empty. 
Yet the boys drooled and lunged at the table to get the best food. They did such a good job pretending to eat. Then when Peter starts to use his imagination and flings the food, using air quotes here, off his spoon to Rufio, it's the most... Rufio, I think it is? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's the most vibrant colors that get splattered on his face. Then the camera zooms out to the table and it's filled with delicious looking food. (laughs) I do remember that scene a little bit. Again, it's been a long time since I've seen Hook. Oh, such a good movie. I know. Uh, and then she also showed another mention uh, so from Jordan here she said Jordan thought of this movie and I agree with this one for sure the from Goodfellas the dinner in prison scene it's one that, he just said it's one of the classic cooking scenes this one I can picture in my head for sure oh, it is, it's a no great idea. yeah it's a Scorsese movie Goodfellas you've heard of it right I've heard of it yeah okay yeah, that's a good good shout out Jordan that's a good scene I like that one a lot uh, and then also another mention here have you guys heard of The Trip this is the first thing Jordan thought of when I asked him about food and movies the entire movie is two people who go around the back country of England touring fancy restaurants. Apparently, it's a very entertaining and comedic movie, says Jordan. Here's a quick look at it and then another YouTube link. So thanks for the links, Catherine. I'll definitely check those out later, especially this trip. I never heard of this one called The Trip. I'm going to check that out for sure. Um, she says, great job, Sarah and Tyler. Keep up the good work. Another smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, double smile. Yay. Thanks, Catherine and Jordan. We appreciate it. Um, the one I definitely, the one omission I definitely left out, because I was really mainly focused on movies last week. I didn't talk too much about TV shows with food, but one TV show that I always fall down a rabbit hole of watching YouTube videos for this show. And then the more I watch it, the more I think, how did I forget to mention this one? But the Sopranos had tons of food scenes. Did it really? And they did a really, and again, it's sort of like similar to that. I remember I mentioned last week about most actors don't actually eat food while they're doing scenes because it's just hard to get your lines Mm -hmm. and and your, your rhythm and everything. James Gandolfini was amazing at it. And there's so many scenes in this movie where he's just sitting there. And it's usually, it's obviously Italian food. He's sitting there eating pasta. and, and <laughs> That's know. not easy to eat. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's so many eating scenes in, in, good, in um, it's just a good film. So many eating scenes in The Sopranos that uh, it's definitely worth a mention. So I was wondering, did you think of this topic because you keep watching Hell's Kitchen? No. And also, <laughs> I don't know why I came to mind. I just... <laughs> Like I, said, well, I think I would trigger it when I decided to make the topic last week because like I, I was watching some Tarantino stuff on YouTube and then oh, I thought right, right, right. I thought about you know, Glorious Bastards and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and how good those scenes were. So, um, You have food on the brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I guess we can jump into the main topic now. Go right, right ahead. It's not going to be a super long one this week, but I feel bad that most topics I feel are very Tyler-centered, so I want to make one for you this week. Oh, so wow. I'm, I'm sucking up my pride here because I didn't really want to look into this topic. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to have to milk this a bit because there's not a lot of info to go on here. But uh, I'm showing Sarah a picture right now. Is it Kawasaki? We're going to talk about your favorite baseball player. <laughs> He's not even active anymore. but He is active uh, in my heart. It's Munanori Kawasaki. <laughs> the long time. I'm using air quotes here. Sarcastic air quotes. The long time Blue Jay. Why would you not want to look this up? <sighs> Okay, so let's give some brief back. So for the record, so Otani, oh my gosh, Otani, what am I talking about? <laughs> I, got, I got baseball on the break. Okay, Kawasaki, Munori Kawasaki, he is retired officially. Yes. He's, he's living in Japan with his family. Um, he's 39, 39 years old. That's so, so yeah. Could still probably play baseball if, baseball if he wanted to, but he called it quits. I want one, one more home. So he, his professional baseball debut was back in 2001 for the, I'm not even going to try and pronounce this team name. It's for a Japanese baseball club. So 2001 was his professional Japanese debut. And uh, he played in Japan for like six or 15 years before oh. he came to. He must have been young, young. Yeah. They usually start off young over there. He's, they played, played for 15 years before he came to to North America to play for the Jays. Actually, he didn't play for the Jays first, but I'll get into that in a second. But So here's his like career stats from the Japanese League. So he had a two ninety two batting average, oh, which is pretty decent, good. Yeah. 1,376 hits, only 27 home runs, not a huge no, home run so, hitter, no, uh, 373 RBIs, and 267 stolen bases. 
So what? Like a little speed demon in his younger age. Definitely not with the Jays. But um, <laughs> do you know if Japanese ballparks are the same size? Uh, I think so, or maybe even a little bigger. I, bigger. I'm not, yeah. Interesting. Those yeah. stats, like, just to kind of gauge the stats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not like dramatically different than like American stadiums. Okay. I don't think. Yeah. And, sorry. So, and here's his MLB statistics. So this would be from 2012 to 20. Is it 20? 20... Yeah. No, I was gonna say because he only, he only played major league. He only played in the major leagues for five years. Okay. So this is from 2012 to 2016. Um, so he came over in his 30s. Uh, 2012 was what nine years ago? Th- well, he been 30 when he came over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he started with the Seattle Mariners in 2012. As most uh, Asian players do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Seattle was sort of the hotbed for. Um, so yeah, he signed a minor league contract with the Mariners prior to 2012. Uh, in October of 2012, the Mariners had released Kawasaki. And <gasps> How then, dare you? And then in 2013, he agreed to a minor league deal with the Toronto Blue Jays, and the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> he started the 2013 season with the AAA Buffalo Bisons. He got called up to the Blue Jays on April 13th when Jose Reyes, remember him, was, I at, remember Reyes. was added to the disabled list. Don't talk about Reyes. With his appearance for the Blue Jays on April 13th, Kawasaki became the first Japanese-born position player to appear in a game for Toronto. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, on May 26th against the Baltimore Orioles, he recorded his first MLB walk-off hit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and on June 21st, he hit his first MLB home run. I remember that day very <laughs> fondly. And that and, would, and that would be the only home run he would hit in his entire Blue Jays tenure. That ball barely made it. <laughs> How about this one too? Kawasaki, at 32 years old, became the oldest player in Blue Jays history to hit his first career home run. Oh. <laughs> so he gets a stat. And then he got sent back to AAA when Jose Reyes came back from the disabled oh, list. Yeah. So. Um, how about this? Kawasaki was ejected for the first time in his major league career on September 21st against the Boston Red Sox, being called out at first base by umpire Eric Cooper and then subsequently throwing his helmet to the ground. Oh, I thought he invited him to a bush party. Uh, the Blue Jays declined his $1 million contract option on October 31st, making him a free agent. Kawasaki was awarded the Gibby Award for Topic of the Year on December 10th, 2013 for his infamous postgame speech. Do you remember yes, how this speech goes? Of course. I'm not going to try and do his voice because that would just be rude. But basically the topic, this is this is the exact quote of what he said in this postgame. Okay, I'm ready. I, I think he was talking to, um, what was the reporter's name? Anyways, um, so Kawasaki, his postgame speech on May 26th, he says, Thank you very much. My name is Munanori Kawasaki. I come from Japan. I am Japanese. My teammates <laughs> gave me an opportunity, so I wanted to do something about it. <laughs> and that's what endeared him to the fans from that point on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many good. Uh, so, good so anyway, in, in 2014, the Jays signed him back to a minor league contract. Um, and then he got called back up to the team again when, like, Mysuris Turis got placed on the DL. See, he sort of had to go back and forth through AAA in, in 2014. Recalled a bunch of times. Um, so basically, and then, so again, like same same process for a couple of years now. At the end of 2014, he became a free agent again. They didn't resign him. And then 2015, they bring him back to minor league <laughs> to bring him back on minor league contract, limitation to spring training. He gets called back up again in 2015. Jose Reyes was back on the disabled list. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a trip. sort of a thing. Yeah. And then in 2015, it says, though Kawasaki did not play in the 2015 postseason, he was invited to travel with the team and was present for every postseason game in the Blue Jays dugout. He is the best cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. Teammates loved him. Yeah. And the fans. He became a free agent at the end of that season. Then in 2016, he signed a minor league contract with the Chicago Cubs. Oh. Um, they released him uh, on March 29th. Um, and they resigned him again, sort of back <laughs> and forth. Basically, long story short, um, at the end of 2016, 
So actually, it's funny. So the Cubs, the, the 2016 is when the Cubs won the World Series. That was their oh, big year, right? right? Um Kawasaki wasn't eligible for postseason play in 2016 because he wasn't on the roster enough in the regular uh, season. But he did. But again, he did travel with the Cubs throughout the playoffs and join the team on the field for the postgame celebrations. That's nice. Uh, 2017, he signed another minor league contract with the Cubs. He was released on March 28th, and at that point, he decided I'm going to go back to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> so he went back to play baseball I mean, he in Japan. He had a family by then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sorry, actually, scrolling down here, I was wrong. I thought he was retired. Apparently, he's not. So in 2017, he's like I said, he went back to Japan. Uh, it says in 2018, he was released and reportedly intended to retire. However, he clarified his statement later that day, announcing that he was temporarily stepping away from baseball due to due to a nerve disorder. Oh. But in 2019, uh, 2019, he became a guest coach for a team in the Chinese Professional Baseball League. Huh. And then in 20, it says on July 13, 2019, he became a player coach. <laughs> oh, interesting. 2020, he signed with a another Japanese team. And then it says on April 8, 2021, so obviously recently, he agreed to resign. He agreed to resign with the Golden Braves for the 2021 season. So I guess he's still okay, playing some Japanese. Good, good for, for him. you. Um. His, his, there's not a lot of details about his personal life. He keeps that stuff very close to the yeah. close to the chest. But there is the only note on here is that his first son. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure how you pronounce the name. It's I S S I S S H O. Okay. Isho Iso. I don't know. Uh, his first son was born on August 16th, 2013, in Toronto. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I like the uh, playing style. So it says listed at five foot eleven and 175 pounds. He's best described as a slap hitter. Utilizing his, ex- his exceptional back control and speed to get on base. However, he is somewhat lacking in power, even for a middle infielder, having never hit more than five home runs in the Japanese league or recording more than 31 extra base hits in a season. However, he did lead the Japanese league in steals in 2004 with 42, and his career stolen base percentage was 70% in Japan. Wow. Yeah. He was also a, two- a two-time, whatever the equivalent of a Golden Glove award is in Japan. Really? Yeah, so he was a good defender too. Yeah. Yeah, and so anyways... fun of him. I, okay. <laughs> Let's be real here. I, I read the Japanese stats earlier, right? Here were his stats for the five years he played in the major leagues. So one home run. We established yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. 51 RBIs, 12 stolen bases, 150 hits, and a two thirty seven batting average. So by all accounts, you read those stats over a five-year period, and no, you're like... he was in his No, no, no. I'm not trying to say he's a bad player. I'm just saying he... Well, like you said, he was the best teammate He's oh, a yeah. great cheerleader for the team. Yeah. But he's not the kind of guy you're going to put in a clutch situation. Let's no, be no, honest. No. Yeah. That's he's not why he's there. Player. Yeah. Um, but you keep him there for morale. Yeah. But like I said, he was an instrumental part of those Jays teams just because, I don't know, he was just always there. And like, even if he didn't give you like a ton of performance, he never, he probably never played poor. Like, I'm sure he didn't make a bunch of errors or he never like, you know, probably, I don't know. I think John Gibbons loved him. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know anybody who didn't like yeah. him. Yeah. No, uh, it, yeah, like, I don't know if we're ever going to see another player like that on the Jays for a long time because is obviously there any current player like that is like that though. I don't think. Well, so. the Jays now obviously they're so young. I mean, they have a lot of young guys, a lot of guys who speak Spanish and yeah. But um, I mean, like in the league, is there anybody oh, like because Kawasaki? You want me to pick like a thirty-year-old bench guy who's just more like a team leader? I'm sure there are some teams that have those guys. Um, but but at, I think Kawasaki think. was like league known like i couldn't point out anybody now that i would say he is the mascot of the team yeah no that's fair i mean yeah i was going to ask you if you had any other specific memories of kawasaki besides what i've already mentioned like the post game conferences his home run um the locker room like interviews were really funny too with him mm-hmm. um i don't know so like, I, wish, he, I wish i could remember the name of the reporter right now he always I had know. these one-on-ones with the reporters where they'd comment about how good his english was getting i know and- i don't know he just always brought energy like 
even when the Jays were in a slump, he was there to cheer them on. Like he was, we we remember those years fondly of the Jays, mm-hmm. like the Bautista, the Donaldson, the Martin days. Oh, sorry, this is what I was thinking of Barry Davis. But yeah, he's not he's not with sports anymore. I don't think. Anyways, continue. Sorry. But yeah, like he w- he was just the embodiment of that team. He was just fun, and the, I think. I think we needed well, that. Here's here's where you knew how endearing he was to the fans. When you went to a Jays game, like when you went to a Jays game in 2015 or 2016, when they were like at their height, yes, like, with the playoffs and everything. Obviously, you look around the stadium, you'd see a ton of people with Donaldson jerseys, yeah. and some Tulowitzki jerseys, and some Batista jerseys, and some Encarnacion jerseys. But you'd also see a lot of Kawasaki jerseys yeah. for a guy who was basically a bench player. Yeah, like he was endeared to the fan base, especially I'm sure probably to that that part of the community. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I wish there was more players like it, honestly. Yeah. But again, it's that was a big thing in the 2000s and even like early last decade. There's a ton of Japanese players that came over and Korean players. You don't see too many of them anymore, though, honestly. It's sort of that. Well, it, it used to be yeah. a big thing when they'd have these huge international contract teams would sign these guys. There's a lot of guys, though, like even some guys who played for the Yankees and Red Sox who didn't really pan out, got big contracts. And for whatever reason, they didn't put up the stats here. They did over in Japan and mm. probably just went back to play in Japan yeah. after, you know, or retired. So. I don't know like I don't think I would have gotten into baseball without him like he hmm. made me watch the games I need I need that kind of I would I don't want to use this word but character like I need yeah. that person um right now I don't like watching the Jays is fine mm-hmm. but it's not as fun as it used to be I would say like I think it, I think my fun now comes from being part of a fantasy league okay um and having something to pay attention to and, mm-hmm. and people to pay attention to because I'm not a person that loves a team I'm a person that loves specific players and i follow players like i love tom brady people think i'm stupid for loving tom brady i didn't love the new england patriots i don't love the tampa bay buccaneers i think tom brady is an amazing player Mm -hmm. um so yeah like i am a person person if that makes sense but yeah i I don't think i would have gotten nearly as much into the jays without him okay that's interesting yeah good viewpoint it's mine I I, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I disagree with you. But I'll, I'll pose this question to our listeners. If you'd like to send us an email next week, do you have any specific Munori Kazaki memories that stand out to you from his tenure with the Blue Jays? Or, um, or, or are there any other players, like Sarah mentioned, that maybe some little unknown character type players that you would like to mention that, you know, don't get a lot of recognition for maybe for their ball player abilities, but just for being a great teammate or um yeah supporter you know give me something to think about and if you would like to send me the canada day jersey for kawasaki (laughs) (laughs) that i have been looking for forever you can email us because i will have that jersey one day it will be mine i'm still salty obviously yes (laughs) (laughs) and you can email us at when opposites react at gmail.com all right. Well, uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up here? No, I'm excited to actually like have a game to talk about. So I'm going to keep playing Pokemon Snap and see where that leads me. Um, but yeah, and I'm sure you're just going to keep playing your MOBs and not doing anything other than that. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate your support as always. Hope you're enjoying the content. And uh, we'll see you guys at the same time next week. Bye. Bye.